This podcast is sponsored by Notion Refinery, graphic design for hire. Go to notionrefinery.com or email at contact at notionrefinery.com. This information can be found in the description below. This podcast is brought to you by my patron sponsors. Quick shout outs to Crush Gaming. Thank you again for all the support and I enjoy the bourbon and whiskey, sir. Chad, thank you again for all you do every single day, popping into chat and giving me good vibes. I appreciate the support. Also, Mick Jiggles, again, welcome to becoming a podcast sponsor. I appreciate you. And last, but definitely not least, thank you to Jeffrey. Thank you for becoming a podcast sponsor, helping me and supporting me so I can concentrate on the content. Thank you. Um, again, I just want to say thank you. Uh, so I don't mess this up, uh, Dave uh, Forsey, and you work at Piranha Games. Can you tell us a little bit about your, uh, what, what do you do at Piranha Games? Let's just start with that. Sure. My official title is uh, Senior Game Designer, and I was one of the... Uh the leads on MechWarrior 5, uh, starting right from the beginning, sort of the initial uh, design proposals. And the work that I did for the most part on MechWarrior 5 was all the uh, procedural mission okay. uh, generation and that aspect of stuff. Can you, so. for someone out there that doesn't know what a designer does for game development, can, we, can you break just break that down? Like Because I feel like a lot of, there's a lot of jargon. There's a lot of like, it almost, it's almost like science or whatever, like someone doesn't know. But what do you do? Like when you say designer, what does that mean to you? And then what does that mean as far as your profession? Well, I'm what would be classified as a, as a technical designer. A technical designer is not necessarily somebody, it will takes a feature, may help in the actual, uh, how that feature is supposed to work and how it's supposed to play and whatever else it is. So there's, there's a paper design that sits there and tries and sets out what you're going to do. Okay. And then there has to be the person who, well, people that go and implement that. And a lot of the stuff that we did was split out between uh, myself as a technical designer that worked mostly in blueprints and, you know, and the engineers and stuff, uh, people that worked in C++ that okay. would do the low level and uh, low level support uh, and things that we couldn't really do easily in blueprints and, and, provided the kinds of structure that we needed for um, getting everything from the blueprints into the game and coordinating and loading the stuff in the background and, and everything that's all the guts underneath. Okay. So I filled a intermediate role, which was uh, between sort of the paper, des paper design and sort of implementing what that feature is going to be at the blueprint level, working with uh, coders uh, to actually get the the guts of it working, and also working with a level designer uh, that, um, to, uh, to sit down and do other assets, and also, of course, with artists to do assets and the other kinds of work who are also you know, technically designers. Okay. And then there's also designers who are can be gameplay designers, which working on the AI. Um, those are mostly uh, programmers at PGI. And then uh, Chris Lowry, who does game balance, so he works up at the at the level of the spreadsheets. Okay, okay, how does this work? So I hand him with I hand him a bunch of stuff that says, "Here's all the dials and whistles that you can play with." So here's the bell. Here's the dials, the, the values, the, the triggers, the flags, whatever else it is that you can use to set things up. And you will. You're the one that's going to the fellow doing the game balance is the one that sets up the tables and says. All right, for a raid mission of this particular difficulty, then 
what kind of units are we going to have? Uh, what kind of battle value are we going to allocate to the different parts of the mission? And so on. And then he also does all the balancing. Chris also does a lot of the balancing, which is the market essentially and the, the and the football manager aspects of things because uh, the, the entire game economy. So there are designers of different stripes and I am more along the technical designer. So I'm halfway in the guts of stuff. Okay. I hand things, I make things work and then I hand it off to people to make it really work and to be, um, and to be balanced and fun. Gotcha. So like if, for instance, you're like, we have weapons and then you design a weapon. What is a weapon? What does it do? And so forth. And it has these attributes. You would design all that. You'd work with the programmers. Well, I would design the system that would sit there and say, here's the data structures that you would use that would encompass all of that. And work with the programmers to make that happen so that the proper weapons and every stuff get mounted. And okay. then the balance guy, the other people, somebody else who doesn't have to know anything about blueprints basically can fill out a spreadsheet that says, spreadsheet. here's all the values that are going to go yeah. in. Key duration, Machine. damage, cooldown, right. all that stuff. Okay. Right. And gotcha. some of those are taken from lore. And of course, some of that's taken from our experience in MWO and, and others is just maybe gotcha. different entirely because we're a first person shooter rather than a multiplayer. Gotcha. Now I, I've had Alex Garden on, uh, I've, I've talked to multiple devs so far, and I think you're the first technical, I guess, designer. Um, diving into Mech 5 compared to- Alex, MW Alex Garden could be considered a tech designer as well. Okay, he cool. Dives in, he dives in and does everything. Okay. So. so when you first started the project, what was there, I guess, uh, dive down the, like, the difficulties or like, was there- Differences of MWO compared to Mech 5. Obviously, you guys were learning a new engine as well. That's different as well. Uh, I don't yep. know if that changes anything from a technical perspective. I mean, pipelines, well, I guess. We're right? all trying to we're all trying to learn and desperately with and the editor itself isn't as it's just kind of basically new and it's not very not even as stable as it is as it is yeah. now. Yeah, we've run and, into that with mods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so there's that whole aspect of it and trying to figure out the best way to do particular things but i mean to start with there were three of us so the very first pass would is to do um sort of learning use for and i did mock-ups of all the front end screens and sort of a basic run through of, of some of the stuff and then that gets fleshed out and then we had a ui guy come in so we take the basic stuff and that gets fleshed out and and as we accumulated more people then more and more things got got spread out and and my my role went more from uh, the very beginning, which was, here's the overall structure of the game. So the, the screens that you're seeing in MechWarrior 5 now aren't dramatically different in the flow than what we sort of scoped out years ago. Details differ up and down the line, of course, as we work out things that uh, work and don't work. Um, and then proceeded to more specific stuff. So, I mean, I did the original, I prototyped a lot of stuff. So prototype some of the original buildings. Again, that whole system changed. I did all the, the, the falling over trees. And I think that whole thing is being rewritten. So I did a bunch of stuff that's been completely either torn out, thrown away or rewritten. But you, uh, but that has to be a part of the pro that's a part of the process, right? Like yeah. That, I mean, when we only had four or five people, then we, everything got put together and then moved. And then a lot of that initial stuff was working um, to get the procedural mission stuff together. Cause we had a, a vision of 
of work where we were trying to get uh, get it so that the level design so people can so people um, would do the things they're good at and then uh, we would configure the stuff that people could do at. So we don't do procedural terrain generation or the garrisons themselves, none of that. That's all done by by level designers. Okay. So, And uh, for those that are listening, garrison um, is a term you guys use for like, I would consider it like tile sets. Like that's, that's almost what I look like. It's like uh, when you have a cluster of buildings or assets, like to me, uh, the term we tile sets... We, we call them tile element assets was the original okay. name, but I guess okay. that was too much of a mouthful. <laughs> and originally everything was military. So gotcha. in the first variation, so people just got to calling it garrisons and it kind of stuck. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, yeah. So there's two two levels that are happening. I don't know whether you want to get into the procedural generation stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, but, I, I just want the conversation flow. So like, uh, sure. I think we can get there, but like, so basically it just sounds like when you, obviously you start from the ground up, you're saying there's uh, prototyping just to see what it looks like, see what works, what doesn't work and how to build the foundation for that. Is that pretty, yep. you know, accurate? Yep. Can right. we do this at all, for example? Okay. And then, so, okay. And then you, from that perspective, you're not worried, like, I think a lot of fans are worried about like, you know, armor values and weapons and this and that. And then you, you're more looking at it from a higher level perspective of like, can we even do that? How does it how does it even work, right? Like especially coming uh, I, I hand I hand Chris the machine and the machine has got a bunch of dials and values and everything else that you can set and then okay. so I hand you a mech or or Omid would hand you a mech and so the data structure that says here's all the cooldown values or here's the internal structure and the whole of that and then that skeleton gets filled out for each mech variant for each weapon for however many kinds of things that we've got going on that. Okay. Now, and, I, and my stuff was mostly, again, on the mission side. Gotcha. So. Yeah. So obviously, I've gosh, I have so many questions from, uh, like, um, what was the, like, because I haven't talked to you directly, and obviously you guys have just launched your, the DLC, right? The first DLC. There's so much stuff behind the scenes, like AI and uh, procedural generation and, and uh not to mention uh, Xbox and like diving into cleaning up, uh, uh, making it more efficient so you can get 60 FPS and all that. I have so many things to dive into, but like the looking at Mech 5 from where it was when it launched uh, on EGS to now, what has that been like for you? Like, and what is that, ta what was the task given to you, um, you know, from launch on EGS uh, till I guess just you know this past launch in, in May twenty seventh. Like, what was your task primarily? Was it to do all those things? Was it? Do you have to break um, it down? Into so certain I didn't subjects? do much in the the AI aspects of things. So we had a a new mission type, the beachhead. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the primary stuff that that I was doing. And then we're adding we're adding assets. We're adding uh, uh, testing work. And of course, our schedule got kind of changed because we set up a bunch of stuff for for doing things in in september and uh and then of course we got acquired so that kind of changed sure the scheduling of things that were going on not to mention COVID and so, and world uh, turns upside down and <laughs> working from home yeah. and everything yeah yeah well 
Um, it's kind of a case where I seem to have too much to do every day, but if you ask me now what I've done for the lot for that six months or eight months, I don't really think I could tell you. <laughs> it's a blur. It's a it, blur. It, gotcha. it is a bit of a blur. Yeah. So. Is, it's like, I mean, would the analogy of like, you've gotten a mountain of, of marbles and the, the task is every single day you're removing a few marbles you know, or boulders or rocks or whatever. So it doesn't seem like there's a lot, but then you've moved a lot of stuff. I mean, obviously I, I would assume doing that. Um, is, would that be a good analogy? Is just like, it's just, I mean, I mean, basically we go up and we have a huge list. We have a huge list of things to do. Um, and that happens at the end of it. And we prioritize the prioritize the list, the people that are the, the stakeholders in it or, or the experts in it then uh, try and take that, prioritize it, figure out what we can handle in the timeframes that we're going to, going to do, and then, and then prototype and scope and iterate that way. So. Gotcha. How, did anything impact you from a, a designer standpoint with, with it going to Xbox? Was that something you had to handle at all or was that just other areas of I didn't have to handle it personally at all, but there was okay. a, there was a constant, uh, it's a big unknown. Yeah. So, for example, we didn't know about performance. So, um, some of the some of the, the the missions are kind of sparse because originally we didn't know how many buildings and things that we could throw in. So, um, even the even even in the original release, and then when we switched to the Xbox again, we don't know quite what the performance is or where the advantages can can be. So, we had. Um, that was kind of hovering over top of it the whole time because it could come down and say, sorry, you can only have X yeah. number of mechs or X number yeah. of buildings or X number of this that's going to do. And then we don't know if that can be isolated from it or whether or not it's going to reach all the way up to me where I'm, uh, where I have to change how the units are allocated. Gotcha. So, oh, well, this does remind me what I did for all that time. So, um, which, which basically I revamped the the spawning system and the ah, encounter yes. system and the reinforcements, because then reworked everything about how the units are allocated. Yes. So we went from basically random rolls for the units to um, the analogy of a card deck. Gotcha. So that um, so that you basically here's the units we want to use and we don't just randomly pick them we say okay there's going to be chosen from this set and we'll draw one off the top and then we'll throw the other ones uh, and we'll throw it away and then use the use the remainder so we can control the distribution of these um and then I added uh, squads so now the combat role is listed in along with each one of them and you can see in startup takes an effect so you can say i want i want units that are going to form uh, a garrison are going to populate a garrison or a city or some place like this or i want a set that are going to be a strike team that comes down as a reinforcement or i want something that's a patrol so you have a particular purpose that they have gotcha it uh, goes down at the bottom uh, looks at this kind of card deck that we have and says okay if I'm going to have something that's an assault, then it's going to have um, some strikers and maybe a scout. And so it 
basically says when you're drawing from this thing, I need kind of one of each type, or I need two of this type, or three of this type, or whatever it is, so that it gives the proper uh, distribution. Gotcha. So the whole thing might be here's a long range one, and so everything in that uh, set of units to be spawned will be long range. So there'll be gotcha. snipers and missile boats and whichever else, and maybe one in there to sort of it's a guard. Because yeah. um, that's where we ran into. Say previously like the cicada swarm right like that's and and that was because uh from a battle value standpoint they were really low and so they would it would spam that right i mean that's sort of the purpose of your fix was to more accurately depict not only what units should be thrown at the player but also oh hey you're in um dabbing space or you're in steiner or karita like those units have these type of mechs, so you wouldn't necessarily well, we had see that. that. We had that before, but what okay. happens with the ones is you sit there and say, uh, the base probability of a cicada is high. It's like it's ultra common, and then every and early on in the game, every other light is really low probability. So now with the kind of deck that we say, okay, well, we're only going to have X, we're going to roll the deck of 20, 20 mechs, and for the scouts, we're going to make sure that only, well, even though the probability is 90% that you're going to have a cicada, I, I don't know what the actual numbers sure, are. Sure. We're going to we're going to limit that and make sure that only 50% of them are going to be cicadas. Okay. And so those are that's the an example of the kinds of, of dials I would hand Chris to say, here now we've got this. You can give me these definitions of squads and the things that go in them, the number of units that go in them, gotcha. and uh, can. Can, uh, and can tailor the kind of response and the kind of mechs that, would, that are all going to show up together as a, gotcha. as a lance in your opposition. So those lances would work well, so forth and so on, engaging you, yep. right? So it makes sense. Okay, that makes, yeah. Um, so from the that design perspective, as far as um, tweaking what units get spawned at you, not to mention the, uh, the not only what, but the level of difficulty. Can you talk about, um, it's one thing I actually don't know, and this would be a good question for you. I don't, I don't know. Uh, the AI and AI units, because like all units have a max, well, if they have it like 60, how does AI work as far as the difficulty and as far as even friendly AI units? Can you break that system down? Cause that's something that like, like I honestly, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, the, a lot of what's happening with the AI is based on the pilots that are there. So the pilots have a set of skills, and um, which sort of determines you know, the percentage of times that they're actually going to hit what they what they're sure. aiming to hit. Um, we also put something in. Um, so there's a number of modifications to that sort of chance to hit, since we could always do it 100% if we wanted to. Sure. So we set it up so the probability. Uh, drops a little bit depending on how your lateral speed relative to the AI. So it's harder to hit some. So if things moving right towards you or right away from you, there's no penalty, but there's a penalty if you're going you know, uh, at 90 okay. degrees arc or you're circle strafing. So it's going to be harder for the AI to do. And I mean, it's, it's, it's littered with, with stuff like that. Gotcha. So, okay. I don't know what I was talking about. Um, so, okay. So that was, uh, AI and and the breakdown as far as like uh, that. So, yeah, it, I didn't have much to do with the AI except okay. with the a little bit of the original again the original outline of how we kind of want them to behave. Okay. So so, is, so 
as as far as that to regard, you, you popped into Twitch chat in the past uh past few weeks, obviously DLC, you have Beachhead. Um obviously with Beachhead, one of the things that I was experiencing, I don't know if it was a bug uh during one mission because it was a part of the one of the hero quests or whatever. But one of the things that got brought up was um from I noticed that the artillery would only bombard the player and i asked about that and you said yeah we did that because if it bombarded the ai they're not very good so it's just it's supposed to bombard the player and then it got into some other topics and i was like i was a little bit frustrated and you said um you know like hey you know like a chest of broken dreams like we wanted to add waypoints and uh we wanted to do these things and so like i wanted to just ask you like what are your thoughts on that as far as like beachhead and for those that don't know what i'm talking about is um you don't have really the ability for you to issue commands via the mini map, uh, or even if you you blow it up, and you only have X amount of commands for you know attack my target, uh, form on me, uh, hold fire, uh, stuff like that. So yeah. I just I mean, wanted to this is, to, this to is ask what I mean by chest of broken dreams. Because okay, that is, I mean, when you looked at the stuff, this is the first thing that anybody thinks of, right? So that thing that you describe right there was in the original design design outline okay. sitting there and be able to click on the map and go to and go do stuff on it right there and it we even had we even had more you know if you remember dragon age right dragon age had this little programming thing and one of the dragon age ones where you could sit down there and then order the types of attacks that they would use and whether they would hold back or go forward and whatever sure. else it is. So it was a tiny, very tiny programming language would sit down there and you could instruct all your Lance mates or the people in your party about what they would do. Cool idea. Not going to happen with the team. So that goes into that chest of broken dreams where that would be really cool, but we either don't have the scope, but the chest of broken dream also holds things where, well, that was a cool idea, but it turned out to be not such a cool idea. Sure. So. It, so, um, so, and, and this is just something that you have as a designer. Every designer has this. They have ideas. They have thoughts. They have uh, ideas are really, really cheap. They're easy to build. They're easy to do. They're maybe tougher to implement. And unfortunately, they're really almost impossible to verify. Okay. So when it comes to that, would it be... Uh, it's impossible because of the time investment, which means money investment. Is it more of well, just how do you run A/B tests? How do you sit down there and have a, a, a first have a, a representative group of okay. of testers that you can get all the stuff out, let alone the logistics of doing all that and dealing with the prototype, and then instrument instrumenting it, and then how are you sure that your sample or whatever else is actually reasonable? So uh, you, you, eventually you're working on instincts. Uh, sure. But in, in obviously all fairness, you were, you were talking about um, alternatives. And uh, th I think at the time I was like, well, who, wh why, why are we talking about alternatives? Why not just fix it and whatever. But like you said, you're, you're, you're working within your wheelhouse and you're working within your limitations. So uh, in the regards to like that, you know, did you have thoughts on that particular issue? Um, from a design perspective, because you mentioned something about like that'd be wonderful to be able to direct your 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 lance mates from inside the battle grid. Terrific, okay. terrific idea. Terrific, gotcha. Yes. <laughs> it's a well, idea. 
Yeah, well, I guess what I'm saying is like you were you were saying like what about lights? You you did have some like alternatives, or whatever. So I, I just didn't know if you had any more to say about that particular. Oh, I thing. can't remember. I can't remember specifically the context. Okay, not a problem. Not a problem. This, and so. is is that one of the most difficult? Like, like on the outside as a fan, I'm saying whoa, 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 whoa. Like what? You know why? Why, Dave? Like why can't this happen? Who you know? Like who stopped? But the reality is, from a designer perspective. From my experience, well, and talking from a to you business guys. perspective and a time perspective, right. a scoping perspective, gotcha. and what turns out to be easy to do, which turns out to be not easy to do, plus it's also these things evolve. Sure. So, uh, you know, animals evolve and sometimes they reach an evolutionary dead end, right? And they just, they're extinct. So every time, every game gets developed and structures are put in, and it makes it easier to do some things and harder to do other things. And so, uh, and you don't know beforehand necessarily where that's going to go. And sure. sometimes you cut yourself off because of the, the structures that you put in beforehand because you didn't realize you wanted to do this other. And then other things turn out to be dead simple because of the way the structures that, that you've done. And, gotcha. and, and sometimes you, and it's arbitrary depending on what the idea is. So understood i mean like i said from the outside like we i have this conversation all the time like it's you know i'm talking to twitch chat you know it's uh we have hours to talk about stuff so it's always like well yeah that sounds all easy have, right all they have to do is this <laughs> like, of course, like the designer listening to this or a programmer yeah. listening to it you know, dies well, a little inside i had like, someone yeah i had someone today in my twitch chat said uh because i mentioned i was having a podcast with you and they're like well i have a whole list of ideas could you get those to dave you know and and i was like no because like and it wasn't me like shutting it down it was just because it's like don't you think like, and, and that's why I wanted to ask you about these things. I want you to like, you know, answer like, like, hey, it's, it's not, a, it, it, if you're, if you're, how I look at it is like, if you can just say, hey, yeah, that just wasn't going to happen or we, we tried it and it just hit a wall and, but let me also, not a good idea or for sure. But like to also clarify, like, could it also be down the road you guys also do something that brings maybe some of that functionality aboard that you didn't necessarily it's a different path maybe well, would that be fair to say we, like we really tried the, the, the programmers and everybody else in this really tried to make a structure an internal structure that's going to be useful for expanding the game so the modders would have fertile ground to be able to to, to do things in. and a lot of stuff happened in this because and we basically knew that we wouldn't be able to get everything done that we would want to or, or could dream about doing. Sure. So, I mean, we have lore hounds. We have people that have played MWO from the beginning. We have yeah. you know, all, all the same kind of people uh, that, that are fans, right? Yeah. And that are having these ideas all the time, having the same ideas, basically. So, it's the practicalities that limit it. And, you know, that's just the way that's just reality gotcha so. okay so i'm gonna dive into something that i think is i don't i don't know if the term is controversial but um can we when you, uh, you know because you might have been involved are, are you involved with the mech lab and the design from there like the, whole, the... Um, just the in initial way way back in but I, i'm not haven't been involved with okay. the mech lab 
Okay, so like, uh, obviously from a design standpoint, it's quite interesting because I'm not gonna talk specifically about Mech 5 because I think I've done quite a bit of that. Uh, I wanted to just pick your, your brain about it and just us talk about it because what's interesting is like being a, a Mech fan, Mech 2 and Mech 3 were actually very much just basically the tabletop build rules, which nullified any variants, nullified any lore, really, because you could do pretty much whatever you wanted with any mech. Like, it, it didn't matter, right? And obviously, MWO is unique where it takes aspects of Mech 4 as far as hard points, and it takes crits. Um, and then you guys did a, a similar thing with, with Mech 5. And I just wanted to pick your brain, like, your thoughts on the Mech Lab. And and again, this isn't, if you're not involved, you're not involved, but just the, just the idea of... Well, I mean, this can go back to the kinds of sets of ideas. So we can we can go back and we can talk about all sorts of different ways that you could approach it. So originally we had, I don't want to keep saying originally, because, I mean, this happens with sure. every game, Sure. right? There are your design docs coming out the wazoo. They, they explore a dozen different things. So mech techs at one point were a thing. And yep. the idea that the mech techs would also ramp up and skill set the same way that the pilots do then they would have you know skill sets that would change according to you know what uh, what things they worked on they would start gaining uh, skills there would be packs that would allow changes of variance or changes of hard points so your football manager stuff would also going out and finding the mech techs and working them up and getting to the point where uh, rather than just being able to arbitrarily put anything anywhere you wanted, there would be some gameplay in that, which is, sure. oh, I go into some place and there's a tech that can upgrade a cooling system or has, uh, has refitting skills that if you went into an industrial hub and got a refit kit from it, then you could do X, Y, or Z to the chassis that you've got. So um, the the notion of sort of being able to slap in anything anywhere i mean i mean that was done in the original games basically because they didn't have the scope to do anything more gotcha because it was easy to do put anything in anywhere sure yeah so i mean and and as far as regards to mech 5 what's unique is like like uh, I, I think a lot of people, even myself included, and I and I've been pretty vocal about this, is like I actually don't mind the restrictive mech lab, if, uh, for instance, like I get it from a like lore standpoint, like oh hey yeah, just FYI, like you have a leopard, that's not a like, it's not a uh, facility where you can tear down a mech and redo yep. like the, the inter same thing like I like again that was, I, our, that I, was our original attitude right that you know this is something yeah. that you had done at an industrial hub and a place sure i mean given the lore right that makes sense magic, these yeah. are magic things right they're yeah. not in they're they're going to these shops that they find which contain black boxes and lost tech that produces the mechs and there's parts that they don't know how to build anymore right sure sure so it, um yeah, so and yeah, and, and, that, an and that's fair. Hub to do that. And it's the same thing. Like, I mean, I, I served on a tank and it's like, you know, we weren't going to be modifying the, 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 the tank. Like, you know, we weren't going to be doing that. But like, you can imagine, although okay. In, although in World War II, they did things like sure. this. So they had yeah. things like, you know, weld prows on the front. Oh, yeah. Hedgerows, yeah. All this other yeah. Kind of but those are, you're not changing the, the like engineering and structural no, no. like aspects of it. It's the same thing. Like, uh, no, you'll just break it. <laughs> or yeah <laughs> or we, yeah something 
uh, but well, then like some of them did mount different guns. Yeah, yeah. But, but you're talking about the like, crew serve stuff. Yeah, crew serve stuff. Yeah, yeah. But even even that, you're not changing the main gun. You're not changing the you're you know like, a bigger engine in it. Yeah, you're not changing. You're not doing that. You're not you're not yeah. doing that. So from from that standpoint, like I think I was I was taken aback a. Uh, by the fact of it's like okay hey this is super restrictive you're in a leopard you have these industrial zones is this another one of those chest of broken dreams where i and and maybe this may happen in the future uh dlc i don't know is the fact of like reputation that you build up and and you learn or or, or some other like experience that like hey just fy there's gonna be there's gonna be places you can go and it may be super expensive or it may just be very rare but then that's where you can do something special because like the heroes of the inner sphere for me felt like it's showing you these hero mechs that are unique but it didn't allow you to choose who's unique and like build up your crew and stuff like that and i always i i just i wonder if that was ever a part of those things where it's like yeah that level of customization like indo and pharaoh again not to go on a rant, but like I also understand. Uh, I I read um, HBS's uh, designer talking about how like if you make certain things on Max, that it just becomes they'll just keep like you know for instance if you allow uh, uh, your player to pick like starting Max, they'll just keep restarting until they get the Max they want. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 So like I get the player behavior as well too, but I I just wondered from like. Is that one of those things where, yeah, it possibly could happen in the future, or it's like, yeah, it's just from the scope of things, it's just it it just didn't align and it was just tossed out or or something like that. Well, like I said, there's there were so many ideas, so many people pr proposed, all the stakeholders proposing different ones, and it, it all goes in, it goes all goes into the cage and it, and it and it comes out. So the stakeholders are Mad all Max going style? there, and, all, gotcha. and well, all goes in, and, and people pitch. Well, we could do it this way. We can do sure. it this way. Oh, there's the problem if we do it this way. Oh, there's something with this. Oh, this requires UI changes that are go from here, here, and here, and here, and we don't have enough UI people to do those changes given all the other changes that we have. So, plus design considerations, plus you know, all the stuff that goes into the mix. And we rely on the people that have the best, most expertise in a particular area, you know, and, and module of the other inputs and, and what comes out is, comes out. It's a, I, I mean, it's probably frustrating to sort of say that to, because that's an answer to a lot of the things. Sure. Um, because you, you, it's impossible to sort of convey the number of different constraints that happen in this. And again, this idea that, also, once you're down a certain distance, then you going to the things that you can't do. So, and we also, again, in the back of our minds, have the gamepad that has to go on. So that restricts yeah. things that happen in the UI. Now, so, I'm going to ask you a question. You can tell me I don't know or I can't say, but I've had a theory about Mech 5 <laughs> that Mech 5 was always going to be released on the console. I had a theory. I don't know if you can confirm this or not, or if I have to ask Russ at a later time and just tell me. You can say pass. That's fine. But I've always felt like the reason why we had a very, very large 
almost 18 month delay, obviously COVID and other stuff, like I get that, but was because it was supposed to be designed, the mech lab, everything, I've had just, I've had this. I that's floating, I think that's floating in the back of our minds, but I don't think it drove things. I mean, if you look at the difference in the interface between the release and now, I mean, there's a lot, tons and tons of subtle things and the way things have been rearranged. So um, it it wasn't a, it wasn't the deciding factor gotcha. you know, in a lot of the decisions. But definitely. I mean, it's It's certainly a case where if we do it this way, it's going to completely prevent any chance of any gamepad ever doing this yeah. kind of stuff, yeah. right? But that's a that's a that's a boundary at some edge, which you know any designer is going to have floating around in the back of their gotcha. heads. You're not confirming, but you're also not denying. And I need to ask Russ that. Uh, understood. Understood. Well, like I said there's the, the number of different factors that go into every decision is is kind of yeah. mind-boggling. So. But you also don't want to limit yourself maybe down the road. That would yeah. be fair. Gotcha. Understood. Like All said, right. We don't want to. We don't want to evolve in a direction that means we're at an evolutionary dead end. Gotcha. Um, so. Let's talk about. You, you, so you you mentioned beachhead and missions and stuff like that. Um, I think, from my standpoint, and I and I've said this plenty of times, I feel like missions are probably the most important thing to the to Mech Five. Yep. And one of my criticisms has been the repetitiveness and what's interesting is when we started uh deep diving into mech commander mercenaries our mod we talked a lot about that and we talked about basically um why don't they have secondary or tertiary objectives so, and so and then this is, this is there's a a complex but not not a very um satisfying answer to all this and okay. the, the base answer is that in the fall of 2018 i was diagnosed with cancer okay stage four metastasized melanoma two brain tumors the size of grapes one on the back of my back the size of an avocado and six spread out to the rest of my body and melanoma has a less than four it was a four to nine four to nine month death sentence five years ago that's what it was I was dead. So, um, but in the last 10, in the 10 year survival rate for melanoma, metastasized melanoma was zero, less than 4% at five years. And so, um, and so this is November, a year ahead of the, the release. Yep. And so I get treatments uh, and it works. I get the immunotherapy and uh, I'm pretty well clear kind of six months later it's also a case where you can look clear and then two months later it can just burst out and do that. So you can imagine the situation where the architect of the entire procedural stuff in there, and we had one other junior designer that was building the things like this. And you can think of, of the, the managerial effort of sitting there and going, well, what can we do here to minimize risk? And the whole thing of producing tons and tons of variants of this, where, because uh, you can think of a, a traditional testing, right? Okay, here's the, the mission flow. It goes from A to B to C mm -hmm. to D, and it does this. And if it does something different, that's a mistake. 
And then we go back and say, okay, well, this is a little too tough. And we, par we parse some one thing off and we parse the other one off. But with the procedural generation system we have here, there are literally millions of combinations of the, the terrain and how things get put together and how things spawn. And so if you add into that, you know, five different kinds of ways that a particular mission can flow, then it becomes uh, quite a task to sit down there and comprehensively test all of that. And that became, I, I, and, and, and I simply wasn't in a mental space to be able to, 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 to deal with that and to, to set things up and properly and to instruct people about, you know, how this is different. And so it's all, it's all on me for, you know, I think fairly reasonable reasons. I, um, I, <laughs> I think, I think we'll waive that one. Um, and I don't and, think, again, yeah, I don't think do better Dave is in, in regard to that one. Yeah, no, yeah. I, so yeah, I, yeah. It basically meant that the scope went down to something that we could, and this happens with game development sure. period. It comes down to a point where if we, if we can throw resources at it, or we know that this is going to work versus something where, oh, this could be cooler, but there's less chance of it working or there's more risk, then you go with this. And this is a, this is a horrendous risk situation. So, um, and then, so that's basically why the the missions are a lot simpler than than I wanted to wanted to have them. And sure. another thing that I've done in the background of the last year is sort of change things up so that it's going to be easier to add different kinds of variants uh, into the different kinds of missions. So underneath, um, we switch from stuff which a lot of special case to things that are more plug and play Lego kind of approach to doing things. So. People that are going to make mission mods are actually mods. going to find it easier to do. Yeah, and that's actually that's actually latest release. Yeah, that's actually where I was I was sort of going to is when we were talking about mech commander mercenaries and we were talking about all these variations, and then you guys announced um, obviously the DLC and the beachhead, and then um, you know I'm, I'm very lucky we have a amazing uh, programmer uh, Tori Wyrot. You you you've talked to him. Quite oh yeah, a bit. yeah, yeah, he's fantastic and one of the things that we quickly said was like let's just let's just wait until it comes out because it's going to offer us because in beachhead you have secondary and tertiary stuff like it was just it was just one of those things where it was like hey it's actually there behind the scenes uh and once they you know do the editor update we're going to have access to that and so i just again uh totally makes sense uh so moving forward i guess the the question is you just you just said behind the scenes you've made it so modders are going to have uh, a lot easier time doing uh adding um variations from a uh official standpoint is that something that you you've you guys are also going to do is or are you more leaning on the modders just to be able to and, do and, and there's well sure and there's something we can look at but again from our point of view a modder can release a mission pack and then not worry about Oh, it's not balanced all the way across we don't, sure. we don't have to worry about it. it's going to check the economy and whatever else sure. it is so as we go ahead and do this, then there's um, testing phase. And, and depending on the scheduling of the DLC stuff, then there has to be at least a period where I can add these variants and they can get tested out. Sure. Because so. they, it could be relatively simple. I mean, one of the, again, ideas are like assholes. Everybody has them. They all probably stink. But like I always, you know, one of the things I, I thought was just a, a, an easy variation to be like assassination 
you have a civilian target and you have a military target. Both are going to dram uh, dramatically be different because if you're attacking a military target, guess what? They've trained for it, all that. And maybe they extract and or what, whatever it is. Um, I, I just always yeah, felt like I mean, they could, they stuff could, like they that. Could, they could run for a dropship and you have yeah. to kill them before they reach the dropship. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we got to get the general out of I here. Mean, I mean, yeah. I can, I should, I can pick up, let's see, I can pick up, I have pages of stuff which do, yeah. we, we talk about the different kinds of variations that are going in. Yeah. Because so, um, to, to me, this game, the, the, that's the biggest factor. Like, because everything else is like, icing on the cake like if there's depth to your friendly units or stuff like you know is if there's negotiation points the mech upgrade system all that that's all that's good but your like your experience of like taking a contract dropping in a mission doing the mission if yeah. that gets expanded on i feel like that's that's and the key are, and right? these are really important and that was the underlying goal of a lot of the stuff so i get bored easily so a story mission to me is something I would play once and I go back and play it again. I don't care anymore. I mean, that's my, that's my personal bias. Sure. Going and repeating a mission for whatever reason. So I wanted to, um, I wanted a simulator. I wanted something in where I could go and every time I dropped in, it was going to be different. I didn't know quite what the setup was going to be. I didn't know quite what the other ones were going to be. And I think we definitely accomplished that with our environments. So. Um, in terms of the, the the variety of the biomes, the variety of the landscapes, the variety of the arrangements, you're really not going to go into two different missions and have the objectives be in the same place, sure, or have the same kinds of defenses or the same kinds of units or whichever else it is. And and where we fell down on is the is the variety in the actual right. mission flow. And yeah, I completely agree. But even with that, I mean, again, uh, I'm assuming like AI, AI is just a constant thing that you have to continually like. You can have super hard AI, but I think like a lot of people, um, you know, for instance, uh, a locust running straight at you or something like that and just, you know, dies. A lot of people are like, hey, you know, if you're a locust pilot, I wouldn't be doing that. Like, you know, I just, you know, I'm running out. But then on the flip side, if you had a VTOL with, four AC2s circle strafing someone at a thousand meters and they had SRMs on the Mac seems pretty penalizing. So I don't envy you guys in that instance of like what that means, you know, and, and designing, like, how do you, how do you design around that to where it's like, you know, there's player and there's, you know, and the player has a say in that because they would go into something with, you know, four mechs that have SRMs and get pinged by the VTOLs and realize you can't do that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Objectives. And that's one of the reasons we brought the squad kind of stuff into it as well. So that you could have control over, um, you know, a mix of long range or close range kinds of stuff. I mean, VTOLs are all kind of long range, anyways, but gotcha. um, it's certainly with the mechs. So uh, you mentioned, you know, maybe in the future we'll see variations. But that's definitely something you said you, you wanted to do. Obviously, uh, you yep. had something else. Something I always. Um, Gotcha. That's near and dear to my heart in terms of yeah. getting in there. Because like procedural, like I, I've said this time and time again, like when I look at other games, I think procedural, would it be fair to say that I, I feel like procedural, like every game, wants, right? I mean, No Man's Sky, you hear procedural, like you can, you can explore the universe and stuff. And that sounds awesome. And it is awesome. But like you have to have a lot of depth 
and substance to those that like yeah, get you right to more more of it fair is that we're not really procedurally generated we're procedurally configured configured yeah so yeah. it's basically here's a you have a lego kit and you have a lego kit of terrain bits that you can put together to make a new terrain and then you can cut gullies into it sure. and then you have lego blocks of things that you can place in that and you're in your other part of your lego kit at a higher level is the missions themselves which says you know go to a and kill everything there or go to sure. b and kill everything there or go and capture this or whatever else it is so you have another set of things that you can mix and match uh, on top of that so and that's where you hopefully get a combinatorial explosion where you know the things aren't going to aren't going to flow the same each time sure. and like i said i'm um with the missions yes it yeah. i want some more variety in how the mission flow goes from your standpoint from a, a, what i've heard so far is you're you're basically wanting this semi-procedural system when you're dropping and doing raid you want obviously you want variation you've said that yourself are you wanting it so it it almost feels like a story mission but it's not is that what you're shooting for is like so the, that so the idea with all of this is that the, the story kind of has to be emergent right and, and like i said we've fallen short i've fallen short in doing this with the, the how dare you questions. dave how dare you take care of yourself so, it, it, it is because i mean it, we did it partially because uh it was the it was a way of leveraging a small team sure so um which i think is actually an important part to bring out like like with all the criticisms i've had or, or anybody's had the reality of it is you guys are a small team um working on this and i've said this from the start which is i felt like your bones are really good they're they're there right and yep. it's just you need the said this depth and substance it needs the depth and substance and mission because like i've like i said uh, i i feel like that's the meat and potatoes if you will uh, as the term goes like that's that's the you know um so i'm excited to hear that i'm excited uh, obviously as we don't know what dlc2 is you can't talk about it i'm not even going to ask um but moving forward is this what is this something that's just going to be base game level that you, you update or is this going to be tied into like for instance, Beachhead and the, the new DLC and stuff. Is this is it going to be a little bit of both? I, I don't know. I I, okay. I may have to make it work. And then... gotcha. Understood. Um, let's talk about uh, a few other things. Um, uh, AI when it comes to your friendlies and and so forth on that. Do you have any uh, feedback or or from a your friendly AIs like? I want to name my pilots after my Twitch uh, viewers, <laughs> and then I want to get them killed because right. that's how I, that's I roll. Fun. That's yeah. that's yeah, <laughs> you know. Is is that going to be a possibility? Uh, also, um, because I've already asked Tori, and he thinks we can rename him. So from a mod, I'm just thinking from an official standpoint. But also, um, the 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 level cap. I've, I've it's an interesting thing because. I want a connection with my pilots. Uh, and as of right now, I don't feel that connection. It's like, it's like Pokemon. Oh, that, that guy's a, a, a 45 and my guy's a 35. I'm just going to hire the 45. Oh, then I found a 55 and then, okay, 60. Like, and then it's in game. There's no connection. If they died, I wouldn't feel bad. It's like Decker and HBS Battletech. Yeah, yeah it I is mean, it is. would be like, like there's more ideas. It would be great if your, you know, pilot popped up a screen and said, 
I have to go help my family, so I need Ooh. a leave of absence, right? Ooh. Like I said, these 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 ideas just are there, sure. right? And then that comes out and said, okay, well now you have a choice of following your pilot guy and you know going on a little side quest that sits there and does that. But I mean, that's again, is that feature all... creep? Is that what that's called? Feature creep is like uh, design creep, feature creep. Is that it's uh, it's a uh, a surplus of good ideas yeah so or ideas i don't know because you can't really tell sometimes until you actually implement it whether it's a good sure. idea or not so i i guess like uh like who's anything any feature you come up with i'm sure we could sit down here or you could sit down with somebody else and come up with a dozen or two dozen different variations i mean it's like um let's tonnage limit for example, Ooh, yeah. no, people don't like tonnage limit, but it's an important in terms of the, the flow and getting people to move into different areas and things like this. But, uh, and you have a mod that just removes tonnage limits, you but do. a gameplay approach to that would be to have the tonnage limit being something that was related to the guy that hired you is only willing to spend this much on fuel because it costs like exponentially more to lower another 150 tons into the atmosphere and out again. So he will pay for this tonnage. And if you go above the tonnage, then, well, you have to fork out to do that. And then that becomes a gameplay thing where you can sit down and decide that every dollar I go over, and maybe it's an exponential, whatever else it is, sure. it has to be improved. Sure. So, but we can come up, they could be salvage on that. They sure. could be, you know, you could trade reputation other kinds of things that you could go into sure. that, that it becomes just something where uh, I don't like my tonnage being limited. Let's just remove them into something that becomes a gameplay element. Because that's probably that's football manager ideas floating around there. Yeah, that's football manager. At that, like the negotiation, page, negotiation points are just football manager at that point, even if you had an increased tonnage and it took away negotiation points. My thing, my retort to that would be, I see where you're coming from, Dave. My thing would be, I think it's arbitrary in that the gameplay when you're dropping down on the map should determine, oh, I did that assassination mission you were talking about, Dave, and I took all assault mechs. I also set off an alarm that alerted the general. The general just ran the extraction point, and I couldn't get there in two and a half minutes because I'm all assault mechs. Ergo, maybe I want to take a little yeah. bit faster mechs. Like that's how I look at it. Like, you, oh yeah. You know, I mean, and yeah. and I mean that, that, but that comes in again to the notion of, of when you don't have control. So, for example, um, you know, one clear variant on all these missions is to put a time limit on it. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Well, but I have the distances between everything. I can have the same map that has a gully between the two yep. objectives. Yeah. So there's a, a pathing distance that has to change. So being able to sit down and say, here's an arbitrary map. What's a reasonable time limit to put down there when all this is generated? So yeah, so there's a kind of a challenge in doing oh, no, I, that kind of thing. You just brought something up that I didn't even think about. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just feel like, um, you know, when it comes to that, uh, this is good information for people because like even map size, like that's something like, by the way, have you guys pushed the limits? Is that like the biggest maps? Because some of the maps are quite big. Some of the maps get smaller. Have you guys like, is that, have you guys hit the theoretical limit as far as like the Xbox? The, theoretic, the theoretical limit is based on what you believe floating point numbers. 
So physics, if you get more than, well, eight, eight kilometers is reasonable, but if you get more than eight kilometers away from the origin, the floating point calculations get, get wonky and things won't behave correctly. So there's an actual limitation in Unreal. And we didn't do anything with the dynamic loading of levels and gotcha. so there's, yeah. that, that, that happens. That's where, that would be um, like where you getting closer to the edge of a map, it would it would dynamically spawn another, like that's- Yeah, that and, then, right. and then it also has to re, put uh, everything back to the origin again as well. So it has to do that dynamic because what happens is if you get roughly 10 kilometers away, then, the calculation that puts you 15 feet ahead when you were sitting at the origin of the map puts you 15.5 or 16 feet away when you're 10 kilometers away from the origin because of floating point round off and other kinds of numerical analysis kinds of things that go on. So um, the way our levels are set up, that's 10 kilometers is about a hard limit. And then there's other limits that are going to happen because of the Xbox or the PC also min spec machines right yeah but you could just tell them to stop being cheap and buy new computers no i'm not gonna say get that good huh yeah, yeah. Get good. Get good. Uh, yeah. especially right now on gpus and cpus that sounds like a great idea everyone should be able to find one of those yeah yeah we yeah. can't do that <laughs> no. um all right so how much um you mentioned performance and you mentioned Oh, well, okay. Hang on. Go ahead. Yeah, no, go switch get more water. scotch. Yeah, I'll just get. switch the water. Uh, um, you mentioned performance, and um, one of the questions I had from, uh, uh, I don't think we've really, why not just have all, like, the spawning of units behind, obviously you guys have, uh, and I've said this during the stream, it seemed a lot less likely. Actually, actually uh, it seemed more often happen on quest missions because I think those are more... Um, whether or not they're hand, they're not handcrafted, but they're already predetermined. Sort of, uh, it seemed like that uh, yeah. the, yeah, we the popping in. Ways of, we have several ways of making missions. So, the whole the whole procedural generation of stuff was set up so that we could do, um, we could do it manually from different points. So some of those side quests are actually a procedural mission that's been generated. It generates what's called a scenario specification, and then manually that's augmented. The, the terrain gets changed, or the units gets changed, or some of the flow gets changed, and it gets basically modified from that. And then there are story missions that are pretty well unique, that are built from the ground up um, as custom as custom work. So, uh, and, and sometimes you can't tell which ones are which. But okay, so my question is: <clears throat> Is it a performance reason why not everything is spawned at at once? Is that, is that because like along the lines of like the uh, you know depth and substance and like the missions and variations stuff i it just uh you know i'm like hey just fyi like as soon as like the alarms or a word would get out like you'd have you know all the units would converge or set up firing positions and defend you know like those type of things and i didn't know if it was strictly a performance spawning, reason spawning close is the spawning off camera and having things move is simply the most reliable and the least risky in terms of any other kinds of limitations that we would have to go on. So, um, and that's basically the answer. Okay. Just. Okay. 
because you know like i said uh you know when you when you look at like previous titles and stuff like you obviously those are scripted missions they didn't have a procedural system like that too and so i mean so so for example we could spawn everything at the garrison that's a kilometer away okay well now they're going to walk that kilometer to you and you would be standing around for a long period of time rather than sort of controlling rather than having at least a little some a little control about the spacing of the waves that are coming in okay so simply being able to do there and say okay well he's going to spawn over the hill and the conceit is that he's come from one of the garrisons that are over the hill and far away gotcha. um, and just on the way here and you just didn't notice that they were there before so with the procedural again, missions go ahead. i was i was going to say that the spawning you know like um I think I saw a thread over on Reddit or whatever, uh, but it was like it showed the entire map and, you know, your defense mission up in the top left corner. It was like how you think enemies would come in and, you know, come in from long ways, maybe from the south or west or north or whatever. And then it was like how it's perceived. And it like it's like in the top left corner, they just like come in right there. What are your thoughts on that? Because like I've I've had my own thoughts on that. But what are your thoughts on? Uh, the locations that they spawn as far as like certain things like using dropships or if they just come out of, you know, uh, they spawn, right? Like, because well, they can, they can come in by both and we can sort of set the threshold for like the mech tonnage that's going to spawn on the ground or come in from a dropship. Um, I mean, basically it's a, it's a convenience. Okay. Um, and the spawning system has been improved in terms of rather than, uh, well, the reason things seem to spawn right behind you was a they didn't have any 360 degree radar to start with in the first variation so if you did a leroy and ran to the objective you would essentially trigger a bunch of patrols that would be spawning off to the side from you and just like galaxy quest you would be dragging them all behind you and then you would turn around and they would all be there and because of the radar isn't 360 you wouldn't have noticed them um, also, the dropships came in pretty silently, so people were complaining about uh, heavy and assault mechs that would appear behind them. Well, we never, ever arbitrarily spawned heavies or assaults. They always came in by dropships. So literally, a dropship came in behind these people, dropped the mech off, and they didn't notice. So one of the things we did is a 360-degree radar for a certain distance, plus we lengthened the dropship um, landing period and we added a bunch of fx in terms of shake and sound so the things can't drop in behind you without you noticing yeah i noticed and that did it. right when they come in they they pop up on your radar so as soon as it comes in regardless if it's a enemy spawn it pops up on your radar just briefly but at least you know and then yep. it comes down so and that makes the big difference in terms of things being able to sort of you know, popping at least the perception of things popping in behind you because gotcha. if you didn't have that radar blip and the thing landed behind you and you're busy fighting and then you could have four mechs that landed behind you. And because your radar wasn't pointed in the right direction, they would just seem like they appeared. Yeah. Now, there was other spawning problems, which we addressed. Yeah. So, but yeah, but that, but it was confounded by the fact that there are, you know, perceptual things that were going on that made it seem worse sometimes. And gotcha. 360, and the lack of a 360 radar definitely made it worse. Yeah. And I think, I think what's tough too is like you throw in the fact of, uh, because, mech warrior like you do have front and you have rear uh, armor and 
when you have something spawn behind you, obviously, and you're already weakened. Like you can you can do the best you can, keep your front towards the enemy, and then if something comes behind you and you had no idea, you know, like, and it just yeah, it was there. Awareness is real. Right. Situational awareness, I mean, is really really important, right? Sure, sure, sure. But I mean, that's also why I turn off friendly fire with uh, you know a mod because yeah. you know uh, we could get into to that uh, of. But I feel like that's one of the most important mods. Uh, have you guys ever thought about just adding a, an option to just other than, I mean, again, you could say, well, just leave it to the mods and that's fine or whatever, but just an option like in a, like, oh yeah, turn left friendly I'm, fire. I'm, sh I'm sure we thought of it, but I am, I wasn't privy to the decision process. All right. So whoever you are making these decisions, we need to talk, whoever you are. Because, <laughs> so like I said, the stakeholders, Go in and, and do this and yeah. So. Now, when, when you say stakeholders, you don't have to drop names, but I'm saying who, like, is that your, the top level, like, design, is that like uh, producers? Is that like... The, It'll be the person who's an expert in the implementation, the person who's got the, who's got the experience or the knowledge about the actual design and gameplay aspects of it as well. Okay, well, we need, we need to sit so, down with that person So too. basically you have... A design proposition it will go in for its design review and then it goes in for a tech review which says sure. this is really feasible how much effort is it going to be to implement this what are the repercussions how is this going to affect other systems okay. so every idea goes through these stages where you're sitting there and, and and have to integrate it into the whole this is a great segue because i feel like this i had this pop in my head earlier what is mech 5 you know, is it a looter shooter? Is it supposed to be a a, a, a lord? You know, like do you do you know what I'm saying? Like what? Do you, because I feel like that sort of like influence. Is this supposed to be more of a simulation? Is this supposed to be? A, is it what just a it? football manager? Call it an arcade sim. Hmm. So it's kind of a hybrid. Um, but do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like because yeah, like yeah. I, I feel like that's a really important question of like whoever. You know, like whoever's waving the wand as far as like directing things, it's like, what are you, you know, like, you know, the, the because to me, the the meat and potatoes is you taking contracts and you dropping and you want as much variation there as possible. And how I look at DLCs coming in is like, I would say DLC, DLC should be heavily story driven and stuff like that. So they could go out on that segue, do their thing. And guess what? When they're done with that, because they're always going to get done with the story stuff, they come back to the career mode and they continue doing their thing. Yeah, I, right? I mean, we did a, I mean, we did tons of stuff from the release until the DLC one. And you know, certainly the, the career mode versus campaign was a huge effort that's going in to do all of that and the design work. Uh, of all of that, um, you know, certainly changed the whole part of the game and made it a much better game, clearly. So, um, yeah, I mean, it evolves. These things, these things that don't, don't, what do they say, that no plan survives, survives first contact. First contact yeah. in the end. And, it, and it doesn't just happen in a vacuum. Exactly. Yeah. What, um, you know, obviously there's, there's, many things we can dive into some of them you have no connection with uh you mentioned mods though and you mentioned um one thing i i i push back all the time even on my discord because i'll see comments and i'm like when it comes to mods and uh you know oh gosh why would pgi just release why aren't they doing it this way and that and i can understand the frustration because 
I think a lot of it, if I'm just blatant, is just ignorance because they have no idea what they're talking about for the most part. Um, I rely on, uh, you know, individuals like Tori, Wyrod, and, and others that are very experienced. But when it comes to mods, this DLC obviously broke everything, uh, yeah, but we were expecting that's not, that. That's not right. uncommon. So yeah, that wasn't, that's... Yeah. Any release that doesn't break mods, yeah. so... Now, I did ask uh, uh, Tori, and I asked, uh, um, I think, even Navid, you know, what would... Uh, and I guess I'll just ask you, is there anything that you guys have thought about or wanted to do or are thinking about that would make that process a lot easier? Because from my understanding, and I'm a complete idiot, uh, and I, that's why I rely on other people, is that basically it's like every single time you, you, a lot of people, a lot of the mods touch source files and anytime those change, modify anything and you guys update, then it breaks that potentially. Uh, and even ours, that doesn't really modify because uh, Tori wrote his own blueprints and stuff like that. It still So I just figured I'd ask you, um, you mentioned you guys did a lot of stuff behind the scenes, but I just figured if, if you had any comments or like wanted to dive into that topic of... Um, I wasn't involved. All, all I know is the um, the programmers sweated blood to uh, try and get make sure the modding stuff works and to improve the, try to improve at least some the underpinnings of how the modding was was working and could work so but i don't know any detail has there has there been anything so that surprised you out of the mods or has uh, it just been like oh yeah i expected that to happen <laughs> i was glad they made a couple of mission ones because there's uh and, and then it was done so simply so that was that was rather encouraging um because I wasn't sure there was anybody that would, uh, would it's a be able to pretty involved in task. That, so. Well, I mean, you guys released a, a tutorial basically on how to do that. Yeah. And then, you know, like I wish we saw, I understand that. Well, if, if you look at some of the, you know, coyote stuff, the things that he's done are basically are, are again, it's, it's a Lego block. And so the sure. variants are basically pacing the Lego blocks together in a different order, depending on a random role. Gotcha. So, um, so there's lots of those Lego pieces there. And um, so I'm happy with that going on. Um, I, mean, I mean, the a lot of the mods are in there and saying, well, we could do this because we don't care about performance. So sure. we can, and we don't have to care about performance. This is a mod that's really only going to work. Uh, we don't care that it breaks game balance. That's fine. Right, and that's just the cool thing about the mods is they can explore things without having to pay anybody to do it. <laughs> well, and it's it's but, it's they're not hindered. So, they're not hindered by and and you can I I don't look at that as a negative thing. They're not hindered no, no, by that's... you know you you have a boss you work for that boss you know like you have a team you work for that team like you you hey th this is what we're working on whereas a modder can do whatever and then on top of that one of the things i've always said is they can create a vision of what they think the game should be yep. and is that wrong absolutely not absolutely not no and it's terrific so is there anything you're surprised uh, or or wanted people to dive in um that you you haven't really seen anything so the uh, I think the lowest hanging fruit are things called mission arcs. So a mission arc is basically says, here's a mission. Here's all the mission briefings. 
here's the type of mission it is. You know, you can sit there and say, here's a procedural mission. Here's the uh, the battle values that you're going to use for it. Here's the the place it's going to trigger in the world in the universe. Here's the difficulty level or reputation level that it's going to get triggered on. It's going to happen at this particular system, and it's going to trigger this particular mission. When that mission happens, if you succeed, then you get a choice of other missions that could happen, or if you fail, you get a choice of other missions that could happen. And this is basically kind of plug and play. And for the most part, it is just adding entries to configuration tables and making mission text up. So it's like so a this it's is, a quest, right? That's basically yeah, it would be like a sequence of missions. How we, it's how we did our quest system. Okay. Uh, and that's really low hanging fruit. It doesn't require much in the way of technical knowledge. Like you don't have to know blueprints to, to really for doing any of that kind of stuff. And for people that want lore that says this kind of thing happened in this system over a period of time, then you can create a mission arc that goes in and plays that out. And you could scatter this through the, you know, could just keep adding, um, if you're talking about flavor that's going on and you just go point A and kill this and point B and kill this, and really not much else you do with gotcha. Warrior, right? But if they're um, if they're wanting more it, like scripted dialogue with like popped up and audio, that that's where it gets a little bit more in depth. Yes, you're not right? gonna get too there are trigger points for dialogue within mission, but there's certainly the stuff that happens at the beginning and happens at the end. The there is hooks for creating dialogue within the missions. But I don't think there's probably enough trigger points to satisfy people. But um, but the the potential is certainly there for at least getting sets of connected missions that that uh, at least you can get that pat on the back at the end. Yeah. So. Well, it's it's interesting because you could you could almost tie in multi missions with quests and I mean really go down the rabbit hole of. You know, I mean, you name it. I mean, obviously, you'd have to be creative with like the beginning uh, text and then the end text and stuff like well, that. But you could say, I mean, the classic one I use is you come into a system and you can fight for the rebels or you can fight for the Lord. And then, depending on which one you go, you get a couple of other choices. And maybe somewhere down the line, you get an opportunity to betray the other guy, whoever side you chose. And then, you know, you get something at the end because the mission arcs also say, Here's the reward you'll get either at the end of the arc or the end of a particular mission. So you can have a little bit of choice points that go through all of that. It sits down and, and like I said, that's I think that's sort of low hanging fruit for for uh, for people to sort of create these little storylines. Gotcha. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I've told people. I mean, the, the tutorials out there. It's just it's a lot of that. What you just mentioned potentially not as much work, but there are, someone could make handcrafted missions. It's just I don't think people realize like. How much it's it's a lot of work i mean like yeah. I, you know like um well certainly yeah. the ramp up right i mean the, the guys inside here are getting much faster at, uh, at building the story missions and stuff because of the experience and and support they get yeah so, i mean uh, you, you have the heroes of the inner sphere quest the the end missions that are hand scripted yep. and stuff and i think it, it's it's to me it's a glimmer of what could be that's how I look at it is like, especially, I don't know what you guys plans are for DLC two. I don't know DLC three, four expansions, whatever you guys are going to do, but I just that's, sort of, that's an obvious thing is to have a, you know, a series of more connected stories yeah, and stuff like that. And so that's, you know, that's the first thing that comes to mind is something that would be 
uh, a consumable, right? So yeah. it, it's something that says that, okay, I'm going to buy the DLC and, and I can consume this storyline and, and then I'm, and then I'm done with it. Yeah. So, and, and that kind of things that, you know, you see DLCs for in a lot of other, in a lot of other games and sort of little snippets of, uh, of story or experiences that you can put together for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, I, I think it makes sense. We have a lot of people that are anxiously awaiting more information uh, as far as, because uh, Russ has mentioned DLC2. He mentioned via Twitter that obviously he can't talk right now. It's going to be a little bit longer. And and, and, I, and the fact that we've, you know, got, uh, I think we've hit 80% on Steam in terms of an approval rating, I think. I don't know whether it's still up there or not. I haven't checked the last couple of days. And... Um, and there seems that we're also onboarding a lot of new people, and that's you know really important for keeping everything going. Sure. So, sure. what do you, do you have any um, uh, outside of just uh, you know mission variation and stuff? Do you have any goals that you're looking forward to diving in, or uh, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you're like, yeah, I'm super excited for this, but I just haven't brought it up? Or is there anything you could talk about as far as that? Uh, pretty well covers it like i said i think the major uh limitation is the, is mission variety at least from from my point of view is to get it where my design goal at the end is i can uh, pop up interaction or i go into the into the game and i i go into something and i don't know what's going to happen next i don't know if the shit's going to hit the fan or what i'm going to do i don't know yeah. Whether necessarily whether I've chosen the right one and adapting to the situation that goes on, so yeah. that it's um, different. Yeah. When I go you, in, like curve, like I, I, like that's why I was sort of figuring, um, repu like reputation. Like there's no really no negative to it, other than it's just money. It, that's really what it comes down to. Is like if I have bad reputation, I can't buy stuff from them, which is money. And I just don't get offered, but you can eventually work that back up. I always just felt like I didn't know from a design perspective, you'd be like, yeah, you know what? You piss off Karita enough. Yeah. You just wait for that desk team to arrive on your doorstep when you think it's a uh, assassination mission and it's an assassination ambush against you and good luck yep. with that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. So obviously ideas I like assholes and everybody has them. No, no, I have a bunch of not, ideas. It, 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 it's, it, that's the wrong analogy. The wrong analogy <laughs> is basically that you are in a garden, and there are there are so much stuff that's growing from this, and so much stuff to pick from. Uh, what do you pick? Understood. Yep. Yeah. And you your basket is only a certain size. Yeah. And the the problem is you're also making a meal for a bunch of different people. So I'm collecting stuff from the garden, and you have your own set of prejudices, not prejudice, prejudice is not the, in a sure. classical sense rather than the derogatory okay. sense. You have your own set of biases in terms of what you would like to see and whatever else it is. And we have this mythical user that we're cooking for. So we go into the garden, all these ideas that people would have about this stuff and you sort of pick and choose the stuff that you're either accessible. I can't reach that one because it's too high up on the bloody tree to reach and I don't have a ladder. And you can like take this analogy so far. But the idea is I'm preparing a meal to show up there and I'm preparing a meal for a bunch of people where you don't like asparagus. Okay, sorry, that's, that's on the menu. 
Um, and uh, so that the it's not a case where it's like assholes. It's really a case that we have too many things to choose from, and we literally can't cook everything at once, and we can't necessarily cook multiple who, meals for who, different who, classes of users. Who's, who decides the menu in that case? Is that uh, the I said it's shareholder? It's a, it's a collective thing. Collective. Yeah. Gotcha. And is, I'm assuming that's just you guys have to gauge what the community... That, that's one thing that I really enjoy with what's going on with MWO right now, which is the direct collaboration with the community. The direct like, hey guys, we're going to do something. It's going to happen. This is what we're doing. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Let's talk about it and stuff like that. And and that's the reason I ask as far as Mech 5 is concerned. Yeah. Is and, and that's partially because it's not, it's a mature product, right? So, and... Because uh, yeah. I don't envy you in that regard. Because if you were to be like, hey guys, what do you want to see in Mech 5? You're going to have so many different answers. Uh, and so, like, I, I don't, I mean, and we're really fickle with a, discord, with a discord. I wish there was something that could sit there and say, oh, I haven't seen that idea before. And so, yeah, <laughs> because there's so much there that you can, you can see the repet repetition that happens sure. yeah. in, in the channel yeah. and discord is a bad place for it because there is no memory and yeah. trying it to goes search away. for yeah. this stuff. It's just, I mean, it's all there, but you can't search for it. Yeah. It's an, it's so. not a. It's a new forum, but it's not a good, it's not a, yeah, it's not a board forum where you can pin stuff or, and yeah, yeah, I, I get you on that regard. Yeah, well, I mean, some, something like Trello might have been a useful thing where we could take ideas and move them into from, okay, they've been pitched to say, okay, we acknowledge that this kind of exists to, to something else, but again, it, that takes a lot to set up and a lot to monitor, okay. so. Um. Is there anything, uh, obviously you're under, uh, you know, uh, NDAs and is there anything you want to tease or sprinkle? Is there anything you can say moving forward? Uh, obviously you can be like, oh, I'm excited, but like, is there anything, uh, I'll just I'm leave so that. I'm excited. <laughs> right. Um, uh, uh, but don't answer that. It's, it's all I right. I don't think I, 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 yeah, I would have to process too much to try and figure it's, out. What it's all right. Um, what would be a reasonable thing to say? Uh, but we we are working on stuff. We are trying to gauge. We do look at the Discord. We do look at the feedback, even if we don't say anything particular out of it. We do take note of what people are sure. are, are commenting on. We also try to look at the people that are quiet rather than the people that are loud. Sure. Because um, um, there's selection bias that happens in that, right? Sure. And, uh, and, and yeah, so we try to listen. Yeah. Well, one thing, uh, you know, I've realized over the past 10 years is, uh, there's just not enough time in in the day sometimes. And, uh, it's, it's difficult. So first off, just want to say thanks for taking the time to, uh, being on the podcast and, and taking the time out of your night. Um, I do appreciate it. Um, obviously, oh, thank you. You you mentioned something pretty serious earlier. Are you in remission? Um, yes, completely. That's awesome. Um, I, think I just that... had a brain scan a couple of days ago, actually. They, awesome. they do that every once in a while just to keep track of things. Awesome. That's good so. to hear. Um, yeah, it is. I'm very relieved. So uh, <laughs> we will we will need to 
send you some scotch. I think I think we can make that happen. I think that's that's uh, that's, that's okay. I I have uh, I had my sixtieth birthday a few years ago, oh, yeah? and uh, what do you buy for the man that has everything? Well, apparently it's scotch because I lots, have lots a table scotch. full of scotch. Well, there you go. Which my all friends right. all help me drink, but uh, awesome. This well, is good. thank you so again for being on the podcast, answering the questions. Uh, is there any for any fans out there? Uh, you know, is there any words of wisdom or anything that you want to leave them with uh, at the end of this podcast? Hmm. Well, I mean, we're trying. Um, uh, I think if you take the assumption that we're not completely stupid with some of these things and, and literally if something seems obvious then there's a reason why it may not necessarily be a good reason but you know um and we're trying to listen to it and we're hoping that we can you know, enhance the experience and improve what mech warrior uh, what mech warrior 5 is for people so that uh you know the modders can enjoy it the the people can enjoy it the new people that are coming on board can also get a good experience out of it and keep expanding uh, and to keep expanding that. So. Awesome. Well, thank you, Dave. Uh, we will have to do this again to pick your brains whenever DLC two happens and more information. And I want to get your feedback on what you did and why. And I look forward to uh, picking your brains as far as what you've done to variations and, and so forth emissions. Cause uh like uh, I think me and you see, uh, yeah, I think that's the meat and potatoes. So I look, I look forward to those um, those things. But uh, thank you again for being on the podcast, and I look forward to no doing problem. this again. I enjoyed it. Thank you again. Okay, take care. This podcast is sponsored by Notion Refinery, graphic design for hire. Go to notionrefinery.com or email at contact at notionrefinery.com. This information can be found in the description below.